Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN, well, uh, uh, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speakers, Morning Key, Jay. We are um, <clears throat> presented by Progressive Insurance, all guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Jay, let's bring Key into this discussion we were just having with Dave Rothenberg and Rick DiPietro. Uh, I know people can't see at home right now, Max, but Key is holding up his book because he's saying that's what Saquon Barkley should just say to the Giants organization. Just give me the damn ball. Just give me the damn ball. Well, wrong. okay, but the guy who ultimately the buck has to stop with in terms of game planning, whoever's calling the plays doesn't like is Joe Judge. And it looks like the Giants are going to bring him back for a third season. Key, is that the right move? I think it is. Um, when they give Lewis Riddick the job as a general manager, <laughs> I will consult Lewis and have a conversation with him deeply at a table somewhere in the tri-state area or maybe in a hangar on a G550. You know, they do the little meetings. And I will tell Lewis Riddick, you're in charge to in hiring Joe Judge's staff. Okay, he's got to get rid of some of the dudes on the staff. And you need a, a, an offensive coordinator who has done it. You need a Norv Turner-ish, not a Jason Garrett-ish. Good rather than bad. <laughs> Go find you a guy who knows what he's doing. And bring him in so you can develop this young quarterback, keep Saquon Barkley, fix the offensive line with a good offensive line coach, not a friend of the coach. Remember, they lost their offensive. Their offensive line coaches got into a whole little tit for tat a year ago. Mm-hmm. Get a guy in there that knows what he's doing. Figure out whatever other pieces you need. And give him this opportunity to grow the team on a trial basis. And that's the conversation. Don't want to hear anything about I like, no, no. I'm going to find the offensive coordinator for you if I'm going to take this job. Because we got two guys that we got to develop and figure out what the hell they are, the quarterback and the running back. That's, that's what I would do. Messing around no Fred. Freddie Kitchens wouldn't even be on my staff. Can I, can I tell you something that it's, um, and when I hear Bill Belichick do it, it makes sense to me. Because obviously of all the success that has came along with it. But I do feel like Joe Judge needs to stop with all this coaching talk a little bit. Like, um, you know, it's the way he answers questions sometimes. Tough guy. Yeah. And like for me, I don't think that really resonates with fans. And look, I need it to resonate more with the players more so than fans. But I will tell you, as a player, when you constantly hear that, you also want a coach to be just real. Be real with me, damn it, Key. Like, stop giving me little spins on things from a coaching perspective. Just tell me exactly what the hell it is and let me deal with it up front. And I just feel like that kind of rubs people the wrong way. Well, I mean, he came in, he started off a certain way, and everybody felt he was trying to be Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick. And that's okay. That's what you think is going to work. You're going to run the players, run the coaches, do all the, you know, names off the helmets of the jerseys, not giving. You can do all those, play them mm-hmm. games, do all that. But you got to win. Yes. And if you win and you got skin on the wall, players will run through a wall for you and media will back off of you. But when you are out there acting like you just that dude and you're really not that dude, it wears thin on everybody and you will get attacked by the media, by players, by fans, 
And he's in that situation now where I'm not a Giant fan. I just happen to be in the New York area covering the Giants because of media. I'm not a New York Giant fan at all. I don't have any vested stress level interest in this. But he is not doing what was promised when he took when he got the job. What was promised was they're going to be tough and they're going to do this and they're going to do that and we're going to and it's not happening. So if that's the case, you know, the general manager if and when that position becomes available and Lewis Riddick gets it, Lewis Riddick is going to have to have a a real hard talk with Joe Judge. And Max, the last thing too, you talk about what we were promised. We were promised discipline, preparedness. So when I watch this team who is dysfunctional right now for how many times they have unnecessary timeouts, all the penalties that they incur, like it goes against all the things that you've been selling me on that you're preparing this team to do. Yeah, I, look, I was skeptical when I first heard Joe Judge because that it, it smells like a fake tough guy, you know, coach guy without the resume to back it up. However, I – over the couple of years watching him, I've come to the conclusion, this is who this dude is. This is not like he's playing. It's who he is. And the other thing I notice is, I think his players believe that he puts them in positions that he believes will lead to their success, whether or not they actually do. Like, in other words, he's not a dude that guys just give up on because they feel like, oh, he's just a fraud. He's talking it, and he's not about it. But Max yet. is not leading to not success. Not yet. Not yet. yet. And if he, but it's not leading to success. And do I think he's going to have the job long term? I do not. But that begs the question, if that's your feeling, do you actually sacrifice a whole other season of like Saquon Barkley's youth and all that, in finding out an answer that you pretty pretty much have a pretty good idea about already. Well, not n- not necessarily because again, if I'm putting him around good coaches that can help him mature as a head coach even faster, then he may turn out to be something. But that you're only doing it because he happens to be there already, right? Well, yeah. That's yeah. the problem. That's yeah. the problem. And the pro- Out of everyone in the world, you're going to look at him also, again because he already got the job. But it's also tied to a couple things, though. Decision-making on quarterback, which is important. Decision-making on running back, which is important. And if I keep him, then I could look at it and say, okay, he had bad coordinators, bad coaches. His staff is better now. He may, he may turn out to be the right decision. Or I could just blow him all the way out call it a day and still keep the quarterback and still keep the running back and let the new coach who I believe in say, you know what, we can get something out of him or we can't get nothing out of him. Key, we talk about his staff, right? And I'm sitting here saying, okay, I get that. Even though I believe Jason Garrett should have been gone last year, Jason Garrett is now gone. Freddie Kitchens is in that new role to a degree, to a degree. But if I'm Joe Judge, if I know this pressure's coming on me, I need to find an offensive coordinator for the talent I have. I need somebody to fix this, to help me fix this. I don't know what situation he's in right now because it seems like it's going in a different direction and Sean McDermott does not seem too happy with the direction of the Bills and Brian Dable, who's there. But if you're Joe Judge, can you go out and get a guy like Brian Dable and say, like, okay. Why would Brian Dable leave the Bills to go? Because I'm going to pay him a lot more money. 
I'm a fan. I saw what you did with Josh Allen. I need you to do that. I need you to do that with Daniel Jones. No, I need you. I need you. I need or I need somebody. If it's not Brian Dable Key, that's fine. If you don't think it is, maybe for me it is. But there has to be somebody out there that can fine tune and change this offense because the talent I have, I can no longer watch this talent not operate efficiently. No, if Brian Dable, if Brian Dable, who's having some issues of his own in Buffalo, was on the streets then that might be a name that you look to. But because Brian Dable is already in place and the Bills can pay him to keep him or he, he can go get another job in the NFL or whatever the case may be, what they've got, to, what he's got to identify is they've got to identify a, a guy who can call the plays. And Freddie Kitchen's just there as a stopgap guy because Jason Garrett was terminated a couple weeks ago. But there's coaches out there that, that he could hire, I'm sure, that would do a better job. I mean, I, I, I personally know a couple, but, who? you know. Well, I I like Todd Haley, who's sitting on the sidelines. I like him. Yeah, but will, will Joe Judge's personality be able to mesh with Todd? And I I love Todd. I think Todd is a beast, but I I'm not sure. Todd you can't is worry. You can't worry about all that. Okay. You got to worry. Damn, what you I go wouldn't worry through, about it. But damn, what you go through during the week is what you're going to accomplish on Sundays and Mondays and Thursday. That's what you care about. I don't care about what happens on Wednesday. To Saturday, all I care about is Sunday, Monday, Thursday. I say Joe seems like he's cut from that same Bill Belichick cloth to a degree where he likes to control, and Todd does that things may, his and way. That may, that may be the case, but there's others that are out there um, that he certainly could take a look at. Uh, I'd take a look at Jay Gruden, uh, which is a, a good play caller who knows what to do in terms of being an offensive coordinator. Maybe not great as a head coach. Understands I mean, there's some East. there's some other names that are that are out there that. He could certainly uh, look at and say, all right, I want to bring him in because I think he could develop this particular quarterback. And then there is the issue that we could talk about Gettleman, the GM. We could talk about Joe Judge, the coach. But fish rots from the head down. And the Mara family has been great owners in the NFL in terms of the success of the New York football giants. And Giants fans like always feel proud of that. I like I do, Jay. Like, oh, look at the Giants' original franchise, and they got a their family owned and all this. But when do we start looking at John Mara in terms of the level of involvement with the team and the key decisions that have been made and the way they've turned out? Dave Gettleman, since he took the job, eighteen and forty-one. Eighteen and forty-one. That's not okay. Isn't you got to play multiple seasons to even get to play that many games? Eighteen and forty-one. So, let me ask you this: Have, have they under Joe Judge? Have they had any Pro Bowlers? Um, they have to. Every right? Gotta have Everybody, everybody got like one. I'm trying to think. Though. I don't think I, so. I don't think so. They don't have don't any feel, Pro Bowlers under feel, Joe Judge. Is that even feel possible? Like it. And a pro bowl ain't even all that. This, you yeah, know, it's like right. Whatever, it's not all pro. You ain't saying all pro. Everybody goes to the pro bowl. You just sneeze and you go to pro bowl nowadays. You're just saying, you're not saying be first team, be second team. You're saying make a pro bowl. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Who? It's got to be a. Uh, <laughs> this is not Leonard good. Williams. Evan Ingram. <clears throat> Ingram never James. made no pro bowl. No. Yeah. Heck no. No. No, it wasn't no Leonard Williams. It, it no. None of the receivers. Jack, Saquon, Ra- Jack Rabbit make no, a Pro Bowl with the Giants. Got there. 
Was Jack Rabbit even there? No, in secondary. Joe Judge. Was I bet there? you. I bet you. I bet you. None have made it so far. That just goes to show me they're the not developing. Punch in the gut, man. That, and that's the lowest thing on accolades. And they're not even developing. If that's the case, they're not even developing the players. I just made a Pro Bowl while we were sitting here. They didn't even make us. Okay. The, the year, the year of the pandemic, when the Pro Bowl game was canceled. Um, it, it says that star cornerback James Bradbury and Ingram, surprise, were named first-team Pro Bowlers. For the Ingram was a first-team? Yeah, that don't even sound right. Oof. I mean, Bradbury, I, 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 I could believe. I, I, Bradbury, yeah, I guess he would. But I, I guess I could – I guess – Yeah. If that's – yeah, oh. but whatever. They have something on paper. So let's play reputation or reality, okay? Because Mara does not have the same reputation as John's uh, – as, as, as – uh, uh, John. As Jerry Jones or, or Dan Snyder or one of those guys, right? Tune into ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters. Presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily. Available wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Let's play reputation or reality. John Mara is a meddling owner. Reputation or reality? <laughs> I think it might be I think it might be reputation. Um, because he is the owner. What is he supposed to do? Just not hire there, the GM. Not right. hire the GM. <laughs> I mean, like, that's his job. His job is to be a part of things. But meddling to me is if you're trying to tell someone how to call plays, What that's meddling. But hiring a general manager, hiring a head coach, that's part of what he's supposed to be doing. I'm kind of torn. I kind of think it's a combination of both. Just hearing some stories from some people just about how he's influenced a lot of decisions, but he's also the owner of the team, which I think he's allowed to do. I mean, essentially, isn't every owner meddling to a degree? But he is the team president and CEO, John Mara. Like, you know, I I think he needs to give up those titles. Be the owner. Go hire a team president, all that kind of stuff, and and get out of your own way. Yep. Pay more money. Don't play New York cheap. Pay more money. Get out of your own way. He has failed as team president and CEO over the last, like, 10 years. How, how many years do you have to fail at something before you get out of your own way? I think it's reality. And by the way, I, I have good feelings about the Maras, but I, let, let's be honest. Ben Roethlisberger is overrated. Reputation or reality? Reputation. How is he overrated? Guys gone to Super Bowls, Pro Bowls, championship games, playoff games, about division right titles. He's a thousand years old. He's on yeah. his way out. He's not even rated. So how could he be overrated? <laughs> he's not overrated right now. Everyone says he's no good. He's not That's rated. What I'm saying. Yeah. Nobody's saying that, hey, this guy's gonna be incredible. Everybody's saying, no, nah, like, you know, we'll this take whatever it. we can get from Ben. Yes. Actually, he might be a little underrated yeah, right now. Maybe, maybe so, a yes. little bit. But I don't think he's overrated throughout his career either. He's a no. he's a clearly a Hall of Famer. He's won a Super Bowl. He's 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 you know, and he was the guy for some of those he's years. He's the best quarterback in their class, man. He, he, yeah, he was also the guy in some of those years, even though when they were better quarterbacks than him, I used to get the feeling, man, with the game on the line, I might want that dude. He's the best quarterback in that class. Yeah. In oh, that you class, mean Eli and Phillip Rivers? Yes. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dak Prescott is a top five quarterback in the NFL. Reputation or reality? I think that that's reality. I think you got he's, – he's right there at the fifth spot. If you, if you want to go Rodgers, Mahomes, Wilson, and who am I? Brady. Brady and – and Dak. Lamar Jackson now in that conversation? Remember, Lamar's over. He ain't even no well, question. He's, he's still a, a number, he's still in, this a number list, yeah. in this list. 
Yeah, he ain't. Yeah, you Lamar, can't just separate him. Lamar He's got his own list. category. When he negotiating, it's, it ain't even a question of what do you want, man. If you're selling your franchise, you know would you have Lamar Jackson or Dak Prescott? If I was, it depends on who, what we yeah, wanted to do from what, an what, what does Keyshawn Jackson want to – Keyshawn Johnson, jeez. Keyshawn Jackson. Joe Jackson. You sound Joe like, you sound like, I, I you sound like them say, now. I was going to say Joe, and I said Keyshawn, Joe – same thing. Well, who would you start your franchise with, Key? Depending on what system I'm running. What, what do you want to do? How do you, however you want to run your system. I would probably be more inclined to start it with Dak because I want more stability mm. in the passing game for me. Okay. You know what, guys? I thought I would say yes to this. I'm going to say reputation because I will take Kyler Murray over Dak Prescott. Okay. I think well, Kyler Murray is better you. than him. All right. And, I, and, and you know what? You're Lamar Jackson, fool. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You I, I know. No, no, I, know I know what you mean about wanting Dak instead of Lamar because it's just more. It's kind of easier. You know how to do that thing, right? Like we've seen that um, work yeah, so many times. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, Kyler it's, can it's sling it too. Kyler can sling it too. <laughs> that man, he right. like him because of his size. Reputation versus reality, guys. Philly loves their backup quarterback more than any other town. Reality. Reality. <laughs> reality. I gave you a list of quarterbacks yesterday. Line, 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 do I need line. to do I need to go on a long laundry list again about the quarterbacks that they had that they all of a sudden anointed to the top spot because they had one or two good years? I mean, one or two good games, and then all of a sudden they start looking at Donovan McNabb sideways and other guys. Side, I mean, like that's what they do. I'm trying to think of who else is in that conversation. What other teams are like that? What are cities? Philly just loves anybody who helps them win games. Yeah. I mean, but they're hot. They, oh, who else is that way? I, yeah, Washington. 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 I, I, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not. Look, well, that's a good I know one, we had. Washington. I know we had the sound from yesterday, John Concade, right about Minshew and about hey, this spot is open, and you know, yeah, Jalen Hurts is good, but he shouldn't think the job is his. I also don't think he speaks for every Philadelphia fan. I don't think Philly fans are like, yeah, Minshew's the guy moving Thank forward. You. I mean, the other Come thing on, about man. Philly is, yeah, the, y'all do Yates. Most recently, Carson Wentz, like I'll just remind everyone, gonna do that Carson Wentz got hurt. Nick Foles not only won all the playoffs games, won the Super Bowl with Super Bowl MVP. Next year, they were dead in the water. Nick, Carson Wentz got hurt again. Nick Foles caught fire. They went to the playoffs, won a game at Soldier Field, almost beat the Saints at Saints, right? So they shipped, they shipped uh, uh, Nick Foles out of town, gave the job to Carson Wentz. Like I, I don't know. Well, that was organization. That wasn't. Fans. That wasn't. That wasn't fans. That's that true. was organization. All right. Reputation versus reality. The Cleveland Browns are contenders. Reputation now. Reputation. It was reality at the beginning of the season. It's reputation now. Maybe they come back off the bye and they do some wonders and it feels good and they look different. But based on everything as of right now, it's all about their reputation. It really truly is. Yeah, reputation. I mean, it, it's. Uh, I want to see Cleveland do well. Yeah, I want. I, I root for Baker Mayfield. I I root for Nick Chubb. I root for Kareem Hunt, Jarvis Landry. All these boys. I mean, it's the blue collar team that you want to get over the hump for Cleveland. It just doesn't feel like it's gonna. Happen. I root for the dog pound. You know what it is? <laughs> Cleveland fans. You know when they lost the franchise, it was a grassroots movement in Cleveland to get a franchise called the Browns back, and it worked. Like, they petitioned the league. They did all – like, those fans are so thirsty. I root for the Cleveland franchise. I really do. That is is reputation at this point, though. It's not reality that they can contend. It's going to hurt when they don't make the playoffs. Oh, I feel so bad for that town. 
for, for they the went football into this side season. It. it was all Super Bowl and this, oh. that, and the other, and OBJ. He going and we're going to Landry and Clowney. We signed him. And, uh, it's been the perfect storm, man. Now all of a sudden they're going to be beep, beep, beep. Bring that uh, box over here, please. They're going to be loading it up, for getting ready for Christmas. It's a, it's a oh man, that's a body shot right there. A non-quarterback uh, can't win MVP. Is that rep or reality? Cannot win MVP unless you're a quarterback. That's rep. You can win MVP. You can win. Adrian Peterson won it. Going back 10 years. But that's the question is, can you? And the rep is, yes, you still, can. So you can still. Yes, but it's going to take what Adrian, yeah. Adrian Peterson rushed for over 2,000 yeah, yards. 11,000 yards from scrimmage. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I get Jonathan Taylor got a, a handful of uh, uh, touchdowns and things of that nature, and, and but it's not 2,300 yards. Yeah. It's a different, you know. You're gonna have to do some stuff. Reputation or reality, Jay? Can you win a quarter, uh, an MVP if you're if you're not a quarterback? Is it possible? I mean, I, I I see that more as a reality right now. Yeah. I mean, just even with what's happened with John Taylor, I mean, it's not 2,000 yards. I mean, that's something next level. I wonder where Derrick Henry would have been if he had finished the season healthy. Yeah, I think it's reputation. I think it can happen. But it's got to be a dude who Highly ahead unlikable. of time, ahead of time, we have our eye on him. We come into the season with a lot of heat, and then he does all these spectacular things. You gotta, you gotta have two thousand yards. Yep. Plus, plus, so a bunch of touchdowns, and your team has got to be fire. Yep. And, and you have to have press when the season starts. Oh, look at this guy; he's gonna be amazing. So this is why I feel it's like reality too. I mean, look at all the top running backs in the league right now. I mean, everybody's hurt. This was like the games are getting way more physical. Injuries yeah. are happening more and more for the running back position. That's why I don't really – I mean, it's, it's going to take an anomaly. So I'd rather go reality because probability is going to be heavily on my side. Bill Belichick deserves all the credit he gets for the Patriots win over the Bills on Monday night. Rep or reality? I would say it's the reality. Uh, rep? Rep? What? Man, you almost made me curse. It's the reality of it. He signed off on a game plan from his coordinators and his installers – and they executed the game plan to perfection. Perfection. <laughs> when, when Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, from a defensive standpoint, did not make any adjustments that made any sense. Bill Belichick went for two instead of kicking a PAT. Sean McDermott, same end of the field, kicked the field goal that went wide right instead of using the legs of Josh Allen to try and pick up more yardage or somewhat get the touchdown. I mean, it's like it's easy to see. And Sean McDermott got a problem with Bill because – Bill is Bill, and McDermott thought that he was going to win the division this year, and he realized if you're a baller, not going to happen. Because uh, if you're a baller, you're an all-star, and you play in the league with Michael Jordan, you might have feelings it's just about like, that it's after like, it's a just while. Like, it's just like when Rex and the Jets, when Rex and the Jets went to the uh, won the division and went to the AFC champ, they thought, oh, we give him Bill. Like, okay, I, y'all let y'all sneak in there without Tom Brady, but I got y'all covered now. That's reality on Bill, and also if you're Sean McDermott, you're sick, right? I mean, the first punt is like a 15-yard punt by the by the Patriots. The second punt goes out of bound. The great field position, the third punt hits a Patriots player in the side of the helmet. They get the ball. They finally capitalize. But you have moments to capitalize. You just did not. It's reality. If it was so easy to do what Belichick did, everyone would do it. Exactly. Another late-season run by the football team. Will it lead to another title? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. 
Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. And here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, we are joined now by the man himself, Washington head football coach, Riverboat, Ron Rivera. Coach, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. What's happening, Coach? How you doing? You, how's health holding up? <laughs> it's doing well. Thank you, Key. It's, 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 uh, it, it, I'm in a good place. I'm in my recovery phase. Um, you know, a little over a year, so things are, are, are most certainly headed in the right direction. No, you are headed in the right direction, not only with your health, but also with the team. Uh, what's the biggest reason for this four-game winning streak that you are on right now? You know, I think offensively, one of the things that we've been really good at has been we've been running the football and, and, and quite honestly, fall in love with the three- and four-yard gains. You know, uh, one of the biggest misnomers that is that, you know, if you're not running the ball and you're not getting five, six, seven yards of carry, that's a bad thing. But the thing that's been really good has been uh, we've gotten ourselves into three, third and three, third and four a lot, and Taylor is converting on third downs a lot right now. So that's been a real big positive for the uh, offense defensively. Just like the play up front, I think our front seven have been stout against the run. And then our back seven has seemed to come together, and you see the communications that's needed to be a good secondary. So a lot of positives happening for our football team right now. When you were on with us at the start of the season and we, we talked about the quarterback position and you guys got Ryan Fitzpatrick and all that, and one of the questions was for you about having a, you know, more of a, a, a big-time quarterback, so to speak. And one of the things you said is that, you don't have to have, and I agree with you, a big-time, like, name-brand quarterback to do what you want to do. you got to have a guy to not screw it up. Is this what you're talking about, what we're seeing with Tyler? Yeah, we're seeing what, what, what Heineke's given us, you know, and Taylor's been really Taylor. good with it, is he's managing the game, and then he's making plays when you need it. And, and that's, I think, is, is, is real important because I think sometimes guys get out there and they think they got to win the games – in the second quarter, and, and that's not when you really need to win them. What you need to do at that point is, is continue to manage, put yourself in position to score points. But in the fourth quarter, when you need something, he can step up and do it. And we saw it with that two-minute drive, getting us in position to kick the game-winning field goal. That's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Ron Rivera, Washington head coach, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Coach, I wanted to ask you, you talked about running the ball and getting those three-yard gains. Uh, watching the evolution of Antonio Gibson, how important has he been to your team? Oh, he's been solid. You know, one of the things that, that he we went through um, during the bye is uh, Randy Jordan, our running backs coach, and, and uh, Jennifer King, the assistant running backs coach. You know, we sat down, the three of us, and talked extensively about what we were seeing and what needed to happen. And one of the things that Randy kept pointing out was that he's got to learn and understand how important body lean is. Mm-hmm. And, and that's getting his shoulders 
shoulder pads over his knees to, 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 to make himself a smaller target for the tacklers. And he's kind of grasped that, and you've really seen him develop and grow. And that's been a big, big part of, of I think, why we've done so well on offense, especially these last four games we played. You guys have a tough divisional schedule coming up, division schedule coming up. Like, what do you see as the, the biggest hurdle of this stretch run that you're getting ready to try to make? Well, you know, what I've been preaching to our guys was, first of all, we had to get into this position. You know, get ourselves to this this five-division round-robin tournament that we got to play. You know, we play five divisional games in five weeks. we got to get into the position where it means something, which we have. Now it's taken one at a time, and, and that's really the truth because – you know, if you don't take care of business this week, you know, next week's going to be even tougher. So we got we got to face them one at a time, and we're going to focus in on Dallas first and foremost. Um, how do you feel about where you are right now and where the team is? Um, honestly, I feel good about it. I'm a little disappointed, though, because if we had played better early on, we'd be in an even better position. Mm. But our situation is what we, what we put ourselves in, so now we just have got to go out and play. But I do like where we are because, again, we control our own destiny. So why did it take so long, especially the defensive side of the ball? And I know, like, yeah. guys like me, what do we know, right? Like, we, we were going on what we saw at the end of last season. We were expecting yeah. the defense to come out like gangbusters. What took so long? I think it's a fair question because, you know, if you go back and, and look at what the expectations were, I think our biggest problem is we had to mature as a group. We had to understand that, you know, what our roles truly were. I think we were expecting too much from from, from, from guys, and, and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves trying to be, you know, something that we're not. We got back to basics coming out of that bio. We talked about specifically, you know, playing a specific way, using certain blitzes, using certain coverages a little bit more as opposed to really expecting uh, too much from people. And I think once we started doing that and started playing with the understanding that, you know, hey, everybody's got to do this, everybody has to be part of this, I think it, it really helped our guys realize and recognize the fact that we were pushing and saying, you know, we can do this with just a four-man rush. We can do this putting these guys in this type of coverage situation. We went back to a little bit more basic football. We went back to being a little bit more uh, pressure-oriented in certain situations. And, and you really started to see the evolution of our defense, especially after the first two games that we've won um, recently. And, and we really saw that. And it's something I think that Jack and his guys have really grabbed onto and the players are buying into it now. Coach Rivera, you guys are in contention for the division, huge divisional rival coming up in the Cowboys this weekend. What do you think the biggest challenge is that the Cowboys present? Wow, you know, um, if you look at them defensively, is, is, is they're an aggressive, opportunistic group. You know, you've got to take what they give you, and you've got to stick to that mantra and be patient. If you're not, they'll find it and they'll exploit it. You know, when you watch how, how they beat teams, it's been when they've taken the ball away, when they've gotten after the quarterback and forced things to happen. We've got to be very disciplined. We've got to be willing to accept what, you know, what's out there. Um, defensively, what we've got to do is we've got to keep them in front of us. You know, this is a, this is a, a fast strike team. This is a, uh, a team that, 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 that really makes a lot of explosives. And we've got to limit that number, and we've got to keep them in front of us. Losing Chase Young for the season, Coach, how has that impacted the defensive front seven? And I know, you know, you guys take pride in that front seven, but mm-hmm. losing one of your key members, certainly you could see at the time that you lost him that the front seven wasn't playing the way that they did a year ago. Well, this is one of the things I was talking about, and, and, and that was – we were expecting, I think, too much from those guys. And what's happened is people, you know, 
People weren't allowing these guys just to come off the edge like they did last year. They were chipping these guys. We have a statistic that we looked up um, during that bye week, and it, it, it stood out. 57% of the time on third and seven to 10, teams were chipping and using extra blockers on our ends to slow down the pass rush. Mm. And that really did impact our defense. Um, now, you know, because we don't have those guys there, teams aren't chipping their way out. And it's, and it's helped us. It, honestly, it has. It's helped the pass rush because, you know, they no longer have to worry about those, 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 those extra tight ends, those extra backs, you know, stepping in to, to, to help slow down the edge rush. And our interior has really benefited a lot from that as well. And, and you really see the push and the surge that you need to, to, to be successful on third downs. Mm. Well, Ron Rivera brought in to change the culture in, in the Washington football Certainly team. Doing that. Wins the division and follows up. Here they come. If Dallas is hearing footsteps, it's the Washington football team footsteps. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate you jumping on with us. All right, Coach. No, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right, Coach. Ron Rivera on the Goodyear Hotline. Is Dame time almost up in Portland? The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Download the podcast, by the way. I don't care if you already heard it on the radio. Don't even listen to the podcast. Just download it. Get credit for that. Uh, Damian Lillard, guys. Wants a two-year, $107 million extension in July. 53 and a half a year. And he and his agent need the next general manager to sell ownership on the idea ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reported yesterday. As much as anything, this cuts to the core of the Blazers' search process. His desire, Dame's desire for an extension into his advanced NBA years, has turned into a battle for the franchise's future an existential threat to reshaping the, and redirecting the organization in a post-playoff reality. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure about the words I just said. But, Jay, how will this play out? <laughs> Never thought I would say this. But 
it would be in the best interest for Portland to trade Damian Lillard. It would. Um, so is that what, this, is that what the demand is that what the ask so you is guys all about? Are, really? So let me let me break this down for you. Let me put my my cap hat on. So the extension, two years, one hundred and seven million dollars, is on the back end of his current deal because he just signed a damn extension at four years, one hundred and seventy three seventy six point three million dollars. So now what you're talking about is a contract over six years, two hundred eighty three point three million dollars, which averages around to around forty seven million dollars per year. On the back end, now right. you're talking about for him when he's 35, 36, he'll be making 52, 53 million. Like that's what he'll be getting paid. And for me, that's a sign by saying, you're going to pay me a crazy amount of money. We're gonna, I'm going to hinder your organization because I, I don't want to be here, guys. I mean, he posted last night a hashtag that is FUN, fun. And everybody's like, oh, why is he posting that hashtag? And my man, I'm like, oh, that, that means blank you. That means blank you, Neil O'Shea. Like, the way this organization has been ran, it's very apparent to me that Dame has been saying all the right things, but Dame wants to win. And this organization needs to move to a place where they are rebuilding. They were ranked 29th last year in defense. They're ranked worse this year than they were last year. They're not going anywhere. This, this year, they're, they don't have the pieces to contend in the Western Conference. And I just said that the Western Conference is weaker than the Eastern Conference. What does that say about where this team is? So the question is, where does Dame want to go? Does he want to go to the Knicks or does he want to go to the 76ers? And do those teams have the trade assets to deal back to Portland? That gives Portland the right opportunity to rebuild on where they want to go. That's the question we need. Which team is better, the history, Philly or the Knicks for Portland? I know what, Nick, what Dame wants to do, maybe go to the Knicks or the Philly, Philly or Philly. But Philly, what's yeah. going to give them the best return is the question for Portland. Right. The, the winner of every NBA trade ever, basically, under these circumstances, is who gets the best player in the deal. And the Knicks don't seem to have a difference-making piece. Like Daryl Morey said, before I trade Ben Simmons, that's a difference-maker. I got to get a difference-maker back. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, difference-maker. Who do the Knicks have? Like, they can pile up a bunch It would take a, a whole of- assortment. It would take, like, R.G. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Nerlens Noel, Quentin Grimes, Kemba, three... Two future first-round picks. Yeah. It would and, take and, a whole assortment of something like and that. And Philly, if I'm Dame, I'm looking like, oh, me and Embiid, oh and they'll my. still have Tobias Harris and maybe mess around if you don't have to give up either Thibel or Maxi. You'll keep one of those two guys, let's say, in that deal. Oh, oh, if I'm Dame, I, I know New York would go nuts, but if I'm Dame, I'm looking at Philly. Yeah, I, I think from a team standpoint, the win sooner obviously would be – going to Philadelphia. You got a disgruntled Ben Simmons. You can move that over there clearly. Um, now that McCullum is is injured and probably out for some time, um, you can still have that sort of backcourt minus Dame. The Knicks just don't – I mean, it's cool for the snack, crackle, pop, the Knicks fans and, and the brand and all that sort of stuff, but it's going to take a minute for the Knicks to get to where the, the Sixers are if Dame wants to win right now. And on top of that, I'm sure he's going to want his money too. They don't have Embiid well, on the Knicks. I, I, I think the Philadelphia situation is better suited for Dame right now. But long term, look, if Dame Lillard is in New York, people are going to want to come to New York and play for the Knicks. Yeah. Like that question is over. 
Like, he will be able to openly recruit. And Tibbs thrives with players who are maniacal just like him. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler. Think about those guys like, like Derrick Rose team in Chicago that's elevated. Jay, let me ask you something. That's who, for Tibbs. I hear you. Who could Dame attract that gives the Knicks a legitimate shot at a championship? Because I have to imagine Dame is looking like, my, my clock is ticking, man. I got to get a chip. Bradley Beal. I mean, you can. There are Beal and Dame, you, is that enough? You need D- Beal, Dame, probably, and someone else. You probably add another big. I mean, Bradley Beal and Dame would be a lot. A lot, but you ain't win a, a chip lot. with that, probably. But he got that right now in Portland, though, basically. Nah, Bradley no, Bradley Beal, CJ McCollum. But I'm saying, basically, Bill. he got that, though. It's a two headed monster. Yeah, but he basically about, got that. Got more but teeth. That's, that's, more why, teeth that's where, where he tweets hashtag fun all the time. Like, Neil O'Shea hasn't been able to put the right pieces around Dame. I mean, they got to the Western Conference several years ago, finals, right? But they couldn't get over that but hump. Jay, and since then, they've been depleted. Jay, well, no, of course they can't beat Golden State. Beal oh, and Dame is not – like, let's be sober about this, right? Like, Beal and Dame ain't going to win you a chip. Dude, Probably you need Bill and Bill and Dame I will get you Dame, damn close. Yeah, but to win it. So but who's that other team? Thing, that's East. the same thing I just said that he had in Portland. Got him close. It's the same no, thing. Yeah, but no, CJ McCollum, I love you. You know, you always say there's levels to it. Bradley Bill's on a different level than CJ McCollum. I understand. Yeah. I understand what you're saying, Jay. But you need other. But pieces. I'm with Max. I got to get over the hump. If I'm Dame, I just went to a couple years ago. Who else? The Western Conference Final with, as a two-headed monster. Beal and Dame is a great start. Who? But now you need a third piece, almost as good as those dudes. Who's the I third mean, I piece? I mean, I got to pull up and go through who the free agents are coming up. I don't know them off the top of my head yeah. by the time they get this deal done. But and you need some size. I mean, look, <laughs> I would definitely start a foundation if I had Dame and Bradley Beal on the same absolutely. damn team. That's pretty good. The, the other question <laughs> comes back into Jody Allen, Paul Allen's wife, is the person that needs to make this decision. Like, this reminds me of... Kevin Garnett and Kevin McHale. When Kevin McHale sent me and said, hey, look, KG, like we need to do what's in the best interest of this organization moving forward. We love you. We want to send you someplace you want to go. But like we can't hold you here anymore for this money that you're trying to ask on the back end when you're 35, 36 years old. We're going to hinder our franchise for years to come. You can't do it. You got to let him go, Portland. Carl Anthony Towns, maybe? I'm trying to think. Carl Anthony Cat could be another pick. If you have Dame, Beal, and Cat, you got something for sure. You got something there for sure. Would he want to play with um, Blazers will be without Dame, without C.J. McCollum tonight as, as they take on the Warriors 10 p.m. on ESPN. Key says Dak is a top-five quarterback. So why aren't the expectations the same for Dak as they are for Brady Rogers and Patrick Mahomes? That's next. KJM, ESPN Radio, the app, Sirius XM Channel 80. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.